I met an older couple and I started talking to them and they were traveling the world and I am just a curious person with no shame. So I said, how are you doing this? What have you done in your life? And they said, Airbnb. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life, and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me, And you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start. I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast & Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting, music, creating the perfect cover, and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. As always, it is such a pleasure to have you here with me today. And my guest today is one of my soul sisters. Her name is Susie. And Susie is just such a ray of light. Like you will hear through this conversation, her energy is infectious. And she is one of the most intelligent business women I know. She has started and sold and just pivoted in business so many different times. So she comes with such a wealth of knowledge, but in this conversation, what you are going to receive is a message of consistency. This woman has literally quit on herself time and time again. And you will hear her tell a story in this episode about one question, one small question that completely changed her life. And how she went from quitting on herself over and over again, waitressing and in the restaurant business, to now running a half a million dollar business, teaching people how to build successful businesses in Airbnb and helping them break through 
money mindset blocks and worthiness blocks and the difference between making money and generating wealth and being a wealthy woman. So if you're someone who has ever been interested in building an Airbnb business, Susie is an expert. She's one of the most credible and knowledgeable people when it comes to real estate and Airbnb. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that you check out her program. It's called the BNB method. There is a link to it in the show notes. And she talks a little bit about it in this episode as well. So Susie is the top mentor to those who want to create passive income and live a deeply passionate life. After successfully building two multiple six-figure businesses while traveling to over 49 countries, she has helped hundreds of women escape the nine to five through her programs and mentorship. Known for her diehard confidence in short-term rentals, overly stamped passport, and a sassy attitude, her mission in life is to help millions of women gain financial freedom once and for all. You are going to love this conversation with Susie. Let's jump in. Susie, welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. This is long overdue. And uh, what I love and appreciate about you and just our friendship in general is that we can literally go like almost a year without talking. And then we'll have one four hour long conversation (laughs) and then we're back (laughs) and we're back. But it's like, I, I just appreciate that so much because I know that, um, you know, you're, you're so fierce with your boundaries, but you're just so focused on your mission. And it's like women in your life either get that or they don't. And you don't really apologize for that. And I really admire that. And I think that that's something that maybe we can talk a little bit more about today because, you know, when you're on your path, you have to say no to so many things and you're really good at saying no to things too. So I love you. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Okay. What is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? like something every day. (laughs) Like it feels like a boldly courageous thing every day, probably just investing much higher levels of money, time and effort into next levels of business. What is the edge for you right now? I want to, I want to go back to like the beginning of what that was like, but I want to also anchor in like present moment. So what is the, the edge right now that you're currently faced with? So like you're investing in, you said investing in bigger levels. So like, what is that edge for you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I definitely am hyper aware of my edge right now, <laughs> which is really just growing more in business, but like growing in the sense of true wealth, which is like a little bit different than running one business and, and making that cash flow. It's like, okay, now I have all this cash flow. So what do I need to do with it to have, you know, put it more into different areas and create that passive income or into other businesses that maybe take a little bit less effort and things like that. So that you are actually a money, true money-making machine. And that is whether, whether people want to believe it or not, <laughs> making more and more and more money is always going to be an edge because it's always going to challenge the person that you're being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what another thing people don't realize is like, you know, more and more money, especially passive income and putting it into more and more businesses and making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, which many, many women do is, is really about true freedom and true freedom can be a little scary. (laughs) Mm. I think (laughs) what, what about freedom? Like that kind of freedom feels uncomfortable for you. Um, definitely just, um, like abiding by 
my own boundaries. And with, you know, with that freedom, with that money, it's like, you can do anything. And, but your, your inner wisdom says you shouldn't do everything. (laughs) So it's really about like tuning into your own intuition and who you are and, really uh, staying on the path that makes you feel best, but also gives you freedom. And I think that literally takes practice, mm. you know, cause it's like, we have a bunch of money. Okay. Well, there's a few things we can do with that. <laughs> we could go crazy in Vegas and like, you know, live it up. But do we feel good after that? Probably not. Mm. So it's like, like taking that money and really truly trusting yourself with uh, getting more and more coming in that you're going to keep yourself safe, that you're going to use it in a way that, you know, amplifies who you are and not doing like destructive things with it, like maybe giving it all away or, or letting someone borrow it that you don't trust that makes you feel uncomfortable. There's like a million things you could do, but it's really, truly comes down to, do you trust yourself with that money? Mm. Can you think back to a specific time or an experience or or something along those lines where you came into a big influx of money and maybe didn't trust it? And like, what was some of the destructive behaviors that you did? Because you're kind of referencing that. So I'm curious, like, are you speaking from experience? And, and, you know, can you think to, is there any one particular experience that stands out in your mind? Um, I think that I definitely had a lot of destructive behaviors in my life. And at one time I drank a lot and not, not in the sense of like, I was an alcoholic, but like, I would go out and like party and then would not be able to like get up and function and really live the like authentic, true passion filled life that I wanted. But like, also partying was fun. So like, you know, it's a balance and it's not like you, you don't, you, you don't have to party. It's just that do, do you trust the balance of, of that for yourself? And so I know like at one time that was, that was part of mine. Uh, Surprisingly, another one was like over traveling, which people are going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) But it's, it really comes down to like, as a human, we really do want that stability, even when we want to be adventurous and and go all over the world. And so when I first started my business, I was traveling so much and, you know, like going on huge international trips every six weeks. And with that comes the price of traveling, which is like not exercising, eating out every meal, not sleeping, being, you know, all messed up with time zones and like your body can't handle it. So that, I mean, and many other things that come with that, there just wasn't enough stability for, for me. So I'm, I'm a very adventurous person, but as I started listening to my inner self more, I was a very adventurous person. As long as I like could come back to like a stable home and do my morning routine. And so that, that process of really like trusting myself to even, even when full-time travel (laughs) could have been a thing, it's like, but my inner self said, that's just too much. Mm. So it's really listening to the parts of us that have that inner wisdom because the parts of us that want to exercise and eat healthy food that we cook and stuff, you know, those are the parts of us that like are keeping us alive. (laughs) So we really have to listen to what we're saying to ourselves, even when there's like, quote unquote, like crack involved. (laughs) 
it's so interesting, like the parallels between what you're saying and what you, what you said earlier with money of like, just because you have it, like how you use it, like can be uh, a self like self-sabotage, or it can be rooted in like safety and, and security. And the way that shows up for me is like that balancing out between the masculine and the feminine. Right. And um, yeah, it's really interesting that you and I have talked about this before. And I think this is common for a lot of people when they don't understand their relationship to money is that like, when you have a, it's really easy to create from a place of a point of no return or rock bottom, or I have to pay my bills and you learn how to become a powerful manifester. You learn how to make stuff happen when you're under the gun or under pressure. But when you have this overflow, now you have all this freedom and freedom can feel like I don't need to, you know, quote unquote, follow the rules anymore. Meaning like, I don't need to get up and do my morning routine. I don't need to create content. I don't need to stay confined. I'm using air quotes, confined to this structure that I've set. And I like money for me equals freedom equals choices equals opportunity. And like you said, when you have so many options, yeah. You can almost go haywire, right? Like you could go shopping or you could go on a trip or you could take that money and invest it. And yeah. if your old definition of freedom was being able to buy whatever you want, then the idea of investing probably feels restrictive, right? But now it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is the idea of investing feels like more freedom, right? It, it definitely feels like more freedom. And I will, I will add to that and say that like, if money is power, which it is, and money is your energy, that means with money, you are very powerful. And what you do with that power can go one way or the other. (laughs) So that's why I think it's like really hard sometimes to give it to ourselves without that, like, full trust, full on trust. And, and so when you get this excess of money and you're like, okay, like, um, I'm in overflow. I pay my bills. I have more than enough to live. I do go shopping. I do do these things. I do invest a little bit. And then you're like, now what? It's like, whoa, what if I like started making more money in different ways that I don't really have to trade time and all that kind of stuff. And like, that starts to feel edgy. <laughs> okay, so I want to I want to talk about that cuz I had this um kind of uh, maybe you and I were talking about this, but I was having this conversation with our our one of our girlfriends, Lauren, about um like this future version of ourselves, right? And for me when I I remember seeing her in a meditation, this this woman earns like 3 million a year, right? She's a baller. And I was asking myself like, okay, if you were earning $3 million a year, what would you be doing in your business? Like, what are the things that you would be doing? And it was really interesting because I was like coming and I I still need to kind of sit with it. Right. But I was like coming up against this edge of like, would I be doing the same things? And when I say doing, I mean, serving, like, how would you be serving? What, what would you like, how would you spend your time? So um, when you think about that version of you, like, what is she doing? Um, honestly, like just thinking about, I've been, uh, this is something that has been like on my plate now to look at (laughs) for a while. And I think, um, when it comes down to it, like if I was making $3 million a year, I would clean it up. 
which for me personally, everybody is very different in their human design and, you know, what they can hold and all of that kind of stuff. But personally, for me, I have a a program, I'm creating a new program and I have a mastermind and I love doing retreats, but private clients uh, on top of that can be very draining for me, even though I love them. I love, I love speaking with them every week and I know them and, and all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, after I have so, you know, not even that many calls and then I have my mastermind and then I have meetings and then I have, you know, it, it starts to feel really, really draining for me. So I think that, um, like my next step is really listening to that intuition that says like, okay, go in the direction of more masterminds or more, you know, more course sales and things like that. And, and not so that I just have nothing to do, but so I can use that time. Everybody's going to hate this (laughs) to take even better care of myself Yeah, and have fun. I mean, that's part of it too, but like, you know, I always say, everybody's like, how do you have so much time to do this three hour morning routine? And I tell them it is my job. It's literally, Mm -hmm. it's okay. So that right there, it's my job is such a, um, grants so much permission. Like I remember hearing Angie Lee say one day, social media and content creation is my job. And I was like, because in my mind, social media and content creation was a waste of time. Like I didn't view it as my job. Yeah. Right. But what you're saying is like, well, why don't you explain? Cause I, I understand yeah. that. Let's, let's break this down a little bit more. Like why is that three hour, you know, time block in the morning? Like, how is that your job? Well, I would agree with Angie Lee about that statement as well. If you're an online business owner and I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that as well, but yeah, like taking care. So if you are running any business, but especially an online business, like you have to be so self-driven. You have to be so aware. Online business is largely energetic. So wouldn't it be a good idea to be aware of your energy? And so what I personally do is, you know, now I have dogs, it's a little bit different because <laughs> they want me, but I get up and I journal and I have my coffee and I brain dump and I make my to-do list for the day and that kind of stuff. And then I go to the gym. I take my dogs for a walk. I meditate. Not every day do I do all the things, but in a perfect world, that is my morning routine. That takes me, I get up like six and I won't be fully ready to work until 11. I I typically start work at 11 a.m., but really I start at 6 a.m. when I'm doing all these practices so that I can become really aware. So, so that translates to organized, that translates to feeling good about myself, feeling healthy, feeling strong, giving myself energy, obviously from exercise, being able to make cook my breakfast and not rush. Um, you know, meditation is huge for awareness and, you know, detecting your edges and detecting all these things that inevitably will come up. That's just this, that's the name of the game of at least online business. You know, I mean, there's Any uh, any business, any business, but like online business is like, it's mindset based. 
right? So you better get good on that mindset. <laughs> So I, I do treat that like a job. I do that every day. Even if I'm on vacation, I do some version of that. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I also agree if you are an online business, um, content creation is your job. And that is one of the reasons why I need, I want to cut back on the one-on-one clients because, um, it's not that I don't want to do more work or anything like that. It's that what I am good at is content creation, is podcasts, is, you know, all these things to get my message out to like a, a, a larger scale and then sell my masterminds and my retreats and my courses and things like that. So it actually is my job more than it is. It's more worth it to do content creation because I'm reaching just so many more people yeah. than one-on-one clients. So yeah. I kind of, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I love that. And it's such a, it's such a mindset shift now. Like it doesn't matter if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a, a, you know, work from home mom, if you're a stay at home parent, if you're in the corporate world, like your energy is your job, right? Because it impacts everything. People ask me all the time, like, are you a life coach or are you business coach? I'm like, there's really no separation because when we're dealing with business, like you, you have to look at how you're showing up. It's who you're being. It's not what you do, right? It's, it's who you're being. And I know for you, like this was not always like people can look at you now and see, you know, you run a very successful Airbnb coaching business. You're in, you've done like incredible things, travel blogging and you, um, you know, you're this like hundred thousand dollar a month revenue generating total boss, but it, it wasn't always that way for you. Right. Uh, no. (laughs) Can we go back? Like, how did you get started in entrepreneurship? Like what, what what was your path to getting started as an entrepreneur? Um, I would say my path was starting a lot of shit and quitting. (laughs) Like (laughs) if I'm being dead honest, like I always was, I was born in the restaurant business. I am Greek. So I've always, you know, had, had an example from my dad, even though what we do is very different. Um, you know, he ran successful restaurants. I worked in them. I, I started one with him and quickly realized I did not want a restaurant because <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, when, when you started your first restaurant, I think I was 28, maybe 27 or 28. And yeah. what have you been doing prior to that? Just working in the restaurants. So you were waitressing, oh. bartending, managing, like just in the, so you never actually went out to, you've never worked in the corporate world. Never, <laughs> like never. Well, and that's one thing I, I didn't even know what like, you know, human design or anything like that was back then. But like, I knew there's just no fucking way. Like there's no way I'm going to sit at a desk. Actually one time I tried <laughs> and I lasted like two weeks and I was like, no. Yeah. Cause I always thought, cause I never thought I was successful and I like, I I didn't know what success was. And so I thought, well, maybe if I get a nine to five, I'll be successful. Maybe those people are successful. Right. You know, so I tried it and I was like, no, that ain't it. (laughs) That ain't it. And then I thought, well, you know what, maybe if I do a restaurant, I'll be successful. And yeah, sure. Like I had more freedom kind of but I still had to work all the time. And I mean, it's a, it's, it was good money, but like, that's not success (laughs) when you don't absolutely love what you do. Like it's just, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's not success. It's just not. 
So I had to learn the hard way many, many times, which of course built me and like got me here. But those were just a couple things that I did. <laughs> I also went to real estate school. I went to hair school. I was just really trying to find my way, to be honest. I went to college. I, I even did go to college eventually, <laughs> even though I knew it wasn't for me. Um, but all of those things, like I was looking for success. And if success is happiness, which it is, success equals happiness, then all of those things weren't like my thing. And so I kept like, quote unquote, failing. And then I would, I would get to the part that got hard and I didn't really know how to move past the hard part. So I would quit. And it was a lot, it was that for 34 years of my life. So I didn't even start this journey on my own till 34. Yeah. You can change. (laughs) What do you, you can't think, change? What do you think was like the defining moment for you to realize like I'm not happy and I'll never be successful? Or maybe not never, but like everything I thought was success is not success. And like what was that? What was that yeah. wake up moment for you? Well, I think that that realization actually happened over the course of me really going all in on Airbnb and my online business. So I don't think that happened before I actually found success, which is happiness. So, but with that said, I knew when I was at the end of my rope, (laughs) which was when I was still working in restaurants, I was actually looking for another restaurant because I said like, like at 34, nothing worked, quote unquote, nothing worked, AKA I quit everything. Cause I, I didn't know, I didn't have the skills or any kind of direction or mentorship. I didn't even know what mentorship was back then. So I just was lost. And when things got hard, I immediately thought like, oh, it's just me. Like I suck. I'm not, I'm not a successful person. And so I would just do myself the favor of quitting. And I didn't realize that actual, the actual hard part is what like makes you successful. (laughs) Like you just have to like not quit and figure out how to work through it, work past it, whatever. So really, it sounds like you got to a moment where you were just tired of quitting on yourself and you were like, okay, like I'm the common denominator in this really. I was just so sick of my own shit. I was just like, so, so, so sick of my own shit. That is what happened. (laughs) And finally, one day I was like, I didn't even really know what I was going to do. I just knew that I had to get out of restaurants because you know, they, I was making decent money and I knew I was just going to stay comfortable forever. So what was the first thing that you did? Was it a book that you read or did you go to an event or like, did you see a, like God speaks to me through like Instagram quotes. So did like, you see like a quote online? Like what was the, what was the first thing that you did? Um, so I would say, okay, this is how it, this is how it went down. It was something greater, of course. And I was so sick of my own shit. I was looking for a restaurant um, and it was really hard to find one back then because I was living in Seattle and Amazon moved in. And so everything blew up and was super expensive. And um, I couldn't find one that was a reasonable uh, restaurant for over two years, I think. And so in that time I was what, 34, 35, 33, 34. And I was waitressing, serving, bartending, uh, 
I was even cooking. I was cooking in my old restaurant. I was dishwashing like 70 hours a week, making like five, five K 70 hours a week. That's insane to me nowadays. <laughs> like what the hell? And so I just honestly had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I'm not finding a restaurant. And I remember one of my girlfriends was like, here, listen to this podcast. And it was Shaleen Johnson's podcast. <laughs> and, um, it, it's kind of crazy, but it, it was a self-development, her self-development podcast. And I will be honest right now. This is embarrassing. I had never found self-development before that podcast. I didn't even know what it was. It was not in my life. No one in my life listened to self-development. No one in my life learned or grew or anything like that. So I never knew what it was. And so when my girlfriend gave me that podcast, I binged it and was like, oh my God, <laughs> like there's the, these people are saying you can do like anything you want. And they're giving you like, you know, stories of how they did it. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? And so then I started listening to her business podcast, which is all about online marketing. And I was just like captivated. And I don't know, I think it was just something like, deeper in me that like was calling to me. And I remember thinking like, this is so amazing, but like, not for me. Cause like, what the hell would I do? You know, like what would I sell online? Like I'd have to make something up, <laughs> you know, like this, this doesn't make sense, but it got me thinking and it put all these deep, you know, like details of how people did it and what they did and all that kind of stuff into my ear. And the same friend I was complaining to her, like for the, you know, 10th year in a row about how I hate my life and how nothing's changing. And she said, why don't you just quit your waitressing job and try something else and start a business or just get another job or whatever. And I was like, uh, that sounds like scary. And she was like, if you can't even quit your waitressing job, you forget about your CEO dreams. Like you need to like step up. And I was like, <laughs> but I knew she was right. And I knew she was right. And I, uh, something greater took over me because this, the, the behaviors that followed, like were not my own. <clears throat> so I quit all my restaurant jobs, like a couple weeks after that. And I just made the decision with them. I was terrified. I had a little bit of money in my savings account and I was going to, I was literally scouring the internet for anything that would make money without trading a lot of time. I'll try anything. I'll do anything. And I said, okay, I quit my jobs, but before I really go into like anything, I need to go on this like trip to Bali. Cause I'm, I'm a huge traveler and I was always trying to like sneak a trip in, you know, before I had to go back to quote unquote real life. So I went to Bali and that is where I found my answer. <laughs> and, um, that was at a cooking class. I met an older couple and I started talking to them and they were traveling the world. And I, I'm just a curious person with no shame. So I said, how are you doing this? What have you done in your life? And they said, Airbnb. <laughs> and um, yeah, they had a, they had, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. I've never heard that. I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm loving this right now. <laughs> this, this, this is actually, this is my story. Like this is my manifestation of my life right now. So <laughs> I, I met this couple. Yeah. They told me, they said, we have this, uh, this property in Hawaii and nine months of the year we rent it. I think they were using VRBO and, uh, we make $210,000 after taxes. And the other three months we live in the home and we don't have to do anything that's after management. That's after everything. And I 
five years ago, $210,000 to me was like fucking 22 million. Like it was like, oh my God. So I drilled them for the rest of the class. I knew Airbnb, even though most people didn't back then, that was 2016. And it was just, it just hadn't exploded yet. And, but I, I'm a traveler. So I used it many times and I was like, oh my God, you can make that much money. And so I finished out my trip, came home. And at the end of the month, like my bills were coming out of my savings and you know how that goes. <laughs> That's like a huge chunk really fast. And, and I thought like, I've got to do something or the savings is going to go really fast. That weekend, I, I listed my place, even though I was terrified because I was terrified of everything back then. So I listed my place on Airbnb um, for the weekend and stayed at my parents. It booked. I made like my first $500 of passive income. The, the next week I was like, oh, like still resisting it. But I was like, you know what? I need, I need money. So I put it up again for a week, made like a thousand bucks. And, you know, I was like, holy crap. And then quickly after that, I packed my shit and moved into my parents, put it up. And that first year in my little studio in downtown Seattle, I made 50 grand. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And from there, it just, it basically like, you know, exploded my life. And, but the, the, the funny thing is that I always like to say about that story is I had no hope back then. Like nothing had ever worked. I had never done anything in my damn entire life that actually moved the needle or gave me freedom or anything like that. But when I got the idea that like, there has to be something better. And I was searching for an answer, searching, I literally manifested my answer before my very eyes. And here's the craziest part. I almost did not act on it out of my fear. And that, that thing that I found that not only replaced my waitressing income or whatever overnight went on to make me hundreds of thousands of dollars in course sales and mentorships. I mean, I've been teaching Airbnb now for years and years. And so it was like, just listening to the call that I had to get out of Airbnb and doing what I loved. I went to Bali. I was traveling. I was high vibe. I was happy. I was having fun. Boom. There's my answer. And I think that that actually happens to most people because we know what we want and it's, it's just manifestation. And it's really, if we're aware enough to see what it is and to take action and to promise yourself that you'll, you'll never quit. Cause I promised myself when I quit my job, I will never have a boss again. I, I kind of didn't believe myself, but I said it anyways. <laughs> I said it anyway. I said, I'm not, I will not be back. <laughs> I will not be back. And so that one thing that I actually, the first thing I ever really acted on in my life, even when I was terrified, honestly, even when I wasn't allowed to do it, it said no, no, um, I think it said no subleasing or something. Cause it wasn't really language back then of Airbnb. And I, I got, a, I mean, this isn't something to be proud of for most people, but I got away with it for two years until they caught me. And then they basically let me out of my lease. <laughs> But I, I went on to make $100,000 over the course of two years from that little apartment in downtown Seattle. And like I said, like not only, not only did I build an entire Airbnb business, but it just, it's like 
hundreds of thousands of dollars in passive income since then. It seems like a no brainer. And I love this because what I'm hearing you say is you just, you put yourself in an environment of what felt fun and expansive for you, which was going to Bali and you were following your curiosities and you were being present and you were just playing and, and God or this universe or whatever you believe put this couple in front of you. And just one simple question changed the entire trajectory of your life. So it's like the domino effect of like your friend gave you that, you know, uh, that podcast to listen to, and it exposed you to something completely different. And then you were like, I'm going to go on this trip. And then I met these people. And it's like, you, it like literally puts you in situations and, and you're right. I think that, um, we are in situations like this all the time where maybe we get the nudge to ask a question or go to a specific place, but then we're like, nah, that would be silly. Like, can you imagine if you didn't ask once it was one question? No. Like if you just didn't ask the question. No. <laughs> can you like, it's just, I, no, don't imagine it, but like, it's wild to think, right? Like one little I, bit of curiosity while you're playing and having fun completely changes the trajectory of, of your life. And I've heard it. I, I forget who said this, but like a miracle is literally just a change in perspective. Literally. It, it, I mean, that is like so dead on. I often thought after that, holy crap, I was literally sitting in a gold mine. <laughs> when I was like, uh, why is it nothing working? Why can't I find money? Why can't I do something different besides this? And I was literally sitting in my answer for years, you know? And so with, with all of that said, it's like, listen, whoever's listening to this, the, the real, like, the truth is, is that if you're, if you have a life that you don't love, you are like 100% going to have to start making different decisions. Like, because your decisions have got you to your life right now, but you don't, you want something more. So what I did was I started reading books. And then as I, as I gained that passive income and it, it, it wasn't like everything was all easy then that was just the beginning. That was just like, okay, now I have a safety net. But that was just the beginning. And then I started reading books and tons of books about all different subjects, because like Melissa said earlier, it's like life, this is life. This is like the betterment of life. This isn't just a business. Your business is you. So it's like, it ain't going to work unless you're going to (laughs) work and in the head. And so, so I started listening to books. I I read um, for the, my first money book, which was Jen Sincero's, you know, um, book called she said she said all kinds of things if if you're new to money mindset that book is excellent and but I'll never forget like she said your next step is really a mentor and and a, a lot of other people just like her successful people said your next step is a mentor and I and I remember I I was like my next step is a mentor <laughs> I had I had legitimately $10,000 left on my credit card. And so I decided that $10,000 was my limit and I asked for referrals and, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, I met my first business coach. Two weeks later, I made my first $10,000 from one live stream. So you, so you are, you, you took the leap, you invested. So what was that process like for you to like, how did it feel to give that money away? 
Well, yeah. you made 10 grand like a couple of weeks later. So that's pretty awesome. You are one of the yeah. most powerful manifestors I know. Like, it's really wild to watch. So are you. <laughs> Literally, so are you. <laughs> um, so um honestly, like before that coach, I had never even heard of investing. Um, the first thing I ever invested in that was like felt very uncomfortable for me was a health retreat about six months before that. That actually was part of this whole story, but that's just another subject. But one of my girlfriends wrote a cookbook for a very um famous paleo lady and she had a wellness retreat. My friend was speaking and she really wanted me to come. And I was like, holy shit, $700. I did it. It was an excellent experience. It was like, it grew me so much. I met so many people, all that kind of stuff. So the next thing I did was I went to Shalene Johnson's live event and my girl, that same girlfriend talked me into getting VIP. That experience changed my entire world. I sat next to Shalene Johnson's business coach, literally talked to her the whole entire weekend and would be like, Hey, does this work? Is this really work? And she'd be like, everything works. If you do <laughs> that changed my life. I was like, she said it works. <laughs> Cause I still was in that mindset of like, this isn't real. Like these people are lucky or special or whatever. Like what's the trick? What's, what's the, the trick? Yeah. What's the catch? And so I did that. And then, so that those were my first two investments, um, which were very uncomfortable. And then the $10,000, you know, I like, I didn't cry about it, but like, I was like, quote, quote, and I quote, like this shit better work, whatever this shit is. <laughs> and it did. Like I did make my money back that first six months plus some, uh, but I definitely was far from consistency and it took me about three times of signing with that coach before I actually started making any money at all, like consistently. And then my next business coach was the first time I really got consistent with money. So that was two years after I started an online business. Yeah. Two. Yeah. So it's so, I love that you're sharing like this whole story of like, you know, from young age, working in restaurants to 28 years old, buying your first restaurant to 34, like rock bottom. I know I'm not happy, like seeking something outside of yourself that you felt was going to give you happiness. And then you go on this beautiful trip and it unlocks a whole new world for you. And, and it's, it's such a reminder of how important your environment is. Right. Because like you said, like no one in your life was talking about this stuff. And I know through conversations that we've had that you have been so particular about your environment where it might look like saying no to family, cutting people off for a short period of time. Like you, you just go into your bubble because you see the vision so much bigger than, bigger than you. Yeah. Right. And you know yeah. what it affects your energy. It's your job yeah. to protect yeah. your energy. Right. It, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about Airbnb because I know this is like the hot topic now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to see more and more Airbnb coaches, although I think you're the original. Uh, I'm like, she's <laughs> the is. like, you've been in the game for a long time. Is it too late to get into Airbnb at this point? Definitely not. The, definitely not. Um, I have hundreds of students and, you know, a percentage of those students get Airbnbs. And I see from like an umbrella view what's happening. And it's, it, everyone is still booking out as they all, you know, always have. There is a lot more Airbnbs on the market. However, 
I think that stemmed from COVID and what happened in the housing market. Lots of people took advantage of the low interest rates and then were like, oh, let me just Airbnb. Let me learn about this Airbnb. However, you know, it's, it's, taking a little bit of a turn now. And it's, this is like normal fluctuations. Like every, everyone finds out about something good. Then over the next few years, everybody gets one. And then it starts, I think, leveling out because the real entrepreneurs that are in it to win it stay. And then other people kind of get more lazy or sell the homes that maybe they bought that they couldn't afford. So there was a big boom in COVID, but now um, the the numbers are showing that it's really leveling out. It's coming down a little bit, which meaning there are, people are either selling or, you know, like putting long term renters in or whatever. So, I think it's just as good a time as any, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Can you do what if you don't like? Do you need to own real estate in order to do Airbnb? No, that's the beauty of it, and that is why I was able to get started. You know, five years ago, I didn't have a cent to my name. <laughs> and um, like I said, I threw my apartment that I was living in, renting up on Airbnb, and I made 50 grand on that apartment. And so once I did that, I started renting from everyone I knew, my dad, I met people, builders, like just a bunch of different people. And then I would put it up on Airbnb. So they were well aware that I was doing this everyone was cool with it. This is what I teach. This is how I, I teach how to talk to landlords and all those things. And why, why would, why would they even want you to do that in their place anyways? Like I cover all of that. And, um, it's actually like so much better for, for the landlord or the homeowner, just because it preserves their place better. And, you know, like little things like Airbnb, people don't use the amenities, you know, nearly as much as a long-term it's not lived in, it's cleaned every day or cleaned every couple of days. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits in it for them and they really, really like it. And so what I see from the mass amount of people that I teach is they get one and then that investor, homeowner, landlord, whatever it is, like loves it and then gives them all their properties and then hands them to their friends. And so it's actually really easy to get into. You you just need money for first deposit and furniture. Yeah. And so what about like regulations? Like, do you have any, like any concerns about regulations changing? I know uh, it's different like city by city, right? Like LA County is different than Orange County in California, for example. So how do you navigate that, those kinds of challenges? Yeah, it's it's it can be different from street to street, even in LA. So um, I think what everybody needs to know about regulations is that they are not a bad thing. Like they have to be implemented because, you know, big corporations ruin it for everybody. So it'll be like somebody, some big investor swooping in and buying a hundred houses and then making them all Airbnb. Like that ain't gonna fly. That's gonna actually hurt my business <laughs> and it's gonna hurt the city. And so the, the, the housing market, so they have to regulate. It's just a non-negotiable if there is, you know, a chance that that will happen. So at this point in the game, most big cities and like mid cities are all regulated, you know, by now the new up and coming cities that were more or less created from COVID, like even Georgia and you know, places like Oklahoma and, um, I have a girl in Arkansas or not Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas, Alabama, like places that you would never suspect 
those are the places that are either newly implementing or it's still in the works. Okay. So, so am I scared of regulations? No. Like what I teach my students, if they are in LA or places that are already like largely regulated, well, we just follow the regulations if that's a thing, or if it's like no Airbnbs at all, which is like five cities in the United States, it's nothing. Then we just go outside of that city and it's just as much demand. So the, the actual, the bigger worry would be in the place where I am right now, which is Pittsburgh. They don't have any regulation because there's just not housing demand. So they don't have regulations. And I would actually be more like kind of scared here without any regulations at all, because you never know what's to come down the line. So, you know, most, in most places, this it's already done. You're going to know what to expect yeah. like now. And is it important that you live in the city that you have your Airbnb in? Uh, I think in the beginning. So if you're, if you have one Airbnb and you bought like an out-of-state property, that's fine. You can get it set up running. It's all good. But if you're like building some kind of Airbnb empire, you're probably going to want to be in the same city unless you have people running it for you. Yeah. But so then you would hire a property manager or something like that. Yeah. I love this. Okay. So for, so you teach all this. Yeah. Like do you have, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit more about how you teach this and the resources that are available. Cause I talk to people all the time and I'm like, you could do Airbnb. And, and they're like, I don't know anything about it. I'm like, you should talk to my girl, Susie. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I, you know, I teach the step-by-step -step. I have a course and, um, it's, it's basically a court was course with support. So it's the modules are a step-by-step -step how to, find, um, how to find your first Airbnb, how to talk to the landlords about it. If you're going in the arbitrage route, which is the rent to rent model, um, you're going to know how much you're going to make on that property. You're going to be able to predict your yearly revenue. Um, I walk you through all of that, the listings, the setup, talking to the guest automation and beyond like every single thing that you're going to need for your first unit. Like you're going to get in that, um, in that course. And then the, the beauty of my program is that we do do a live call. Everybody goes through all of their issues and there is Monday through Friday support in my Facebook group where I'm just answering any questions that come up along the way. So my students feel fully supported. And I believe that's why I have so much success. I have a hundred percent success rate. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy about that. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to put the link to that program in the show notes. So if there's someone that's listening that wants to know more about Airbnb, what is on average, I know it ranges, right? Obviously city to city, but if you had to put like a ballpark on it for someone that wanted to get started in an Airbnb business, what is yeah. the upfront capital? Like how much money do you need to get started with your first property? Um, so I'm asked this a lot. So let's just take like a mid a mid-level city where, you know, it's not $5,000 for a one-bedroom apartment. Sorry, San Francisco. <laughs> you can't do it there anyways. <laughs> um, but like a, a, a normal city it, in like a one-bedroom or two-bedroom, it's about six to $7,000 up front. Now, let me just mention this. Like it, it really is as much as you it can be as little as you are resourceful. Okay. So you're always going to have to pay that first in deposit most of the time. 
but I have girls in my program that like hoard furniture for months. And when they get their unit, they literally have a storage, you know, room of free furniture that they got. Like and on so, the back road, like you see free furniture on Facebook marketplace or things yep. like that. Like, yeah. And I teach all of this as well. All of my little secrets. I've never paid for a mattress. I've never paid for a bed. I've never paid. I've never paid more than like 50 bucks for a TV. And when I see things on the side of the road, you better believe I'm collecting that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so it really is like, if you're a person that like, doesn't want to do that, well, then you're going to, you're going to pay more, but I have trained my, my women to really be resourceful and to find those things and to ask family members and whatnot. So it can be less than that, but what everybody has to remember is even if it's like six or $7,000 upfront, that six or $7,000 is basically like if you if you find something that banks 35 or $40,000 a year year after year. So it's basically starting a business that can last literally forever for 6 or $7,000. Yeah, and so once you get one property, you can get another another. And so, you know, four or five properties depending on where you are, you're making six figures in passive income on top yeah. of whatever your regular 9 to 5 is or your regular yeah. businesses. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Amazing. Okay, so um, we'll put a link for that program in, in the show notes. Um, I feel like we could talk for hours. There's so many other, I, we could do a whole nother episode just on manifestation and like all the things that you're so incredible about, but what's coming up for you in the next like six months that you're really, really excited about like offers, programs, containers, things that you're creating. Cause I know you do more than just Airbnb. Yeah. So actually, well, I always have my course, so it's, it's evergreen. So whoever's listening to this, like we always have that available. Sometimes we have incentives and sales, but besides that, I am about to launch a money, I guess I'll call it like a money mindset, um, retreat in Santorini, Greece. I'm really excited about that. Yes. That will be in April, 2023. And then I will have another round of my mastermind opening in October. When you think about where you are right now and everything that you've been through, because we've, we've gone through like, you know, kind of the cliff notes version. What is the thing that you're most proud of? Oh man, <laughs> I haven't been asked that in a while. Probably just, um, having the courage to, do whatever it took to get to my next step at whatever point I was at. So like I said before, I had quit so many times that like just the courage to quit what I was doing my whole life and give up that, that money for something greater, like that version of myself, like I've, I've been so many versions and I, I, I feel like I'm so happy and so successful at this point, but like that, that version of myself is the version that I am so, so thankful for that I got outside of my surroundings and the people in my life at that time and really listened to my intuition to change my life because I knew deep down there was something more. Mm. So that I think just, just literally like admitting to myself, like, I just got to like move forward. I got to find something else and I'll do whatever it takes. Mm. I love that. And that's within all of us. We all have that, but most people just won't take that leap. So yeah, I, it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been 
so inspiring watching your journey, even in the short time that you and I have known each other, because we really haven't known each other for very long. We met at the Bliss Project. We met at an event. Yep. And um, watching you navigate um, becoming not just someone who makes a lot of money, but becoming a wealthy woman, there is a big difference between those two things has been so incredibly inspiring. And what you're doing in Airbnb and helping other people um, build wealth for themselves is, is amazing. And I know that this, this, um, retreat is going to unlock wealth, not just money, but like wealth for, for so many. So I'm so grateful for you and our friendship and just the way that you speak life over me and you inspire me every day. I love you. And if you guys love this episode, check out Susie's program. Make sure you give her a follower on Instagram. I love you just share things like you don't sugarcoat. You're just like, (laughs) this is just how it is. And I love that. So you guys make sure you give her a follow on social media to hear about all the updates. Okay. Last question. Okay. What are you celebrating right now? Um, I, oh, I'm celebrating leaving for Greece tomorrow and turning 40, the happiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. I love that. And you just hit a really big milestone in your business. I did. I hit my first six figure plus month, which was a big ass deal. (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) Mm. Well, happy early birthday. I will be FOMOing watching you celebrate in Greece, but I'm so happy for you. And I love you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, if you love this episode, share it with someone, you know, would love to hear it. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.